Hey team, it's Sarah and Indigo from Paper Rain. Welcome to our brand new podcast called Good Yarns, where we have conscious conversations with each other, our friends and change makers in the community. Uh, hopefully you want to hear from us because uh, we're going to chat away anyway. Yeah, you've got us whether you like it or not at this point. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you like it. Um, but we just thought it was about time that we got together and talked about the stuff that we really care about and why Paper Rain exists, I guess. Yeah, and a really great opportunity to reach out to the people that we work with, the artists and the other social enterprises, um, as well as some of the causes and charities that we work with um, to hear more about what they're doing and why they do what they do. I guess we'll start with our intros. Indigo, do you, do you want to tell everyone who you are? <laughs> okay, um, I'm Indigo Rowe. I am based down here in Picton, Marlborough. Um, I co-founded Paper Rain with my husband, Wills, in 2013, which seems like a really long time ago. Um, I wear a few hats, but largely I write emails and do a bit of marketing with you, Sarah. Um, Organise a lot of the artworks and, yeah, many things. The accounts, I wrap every parcel that goes out the door. That, that's a, that's a very important job. <laughs> I am marketing and I guess I live on the internet and do the website stuff. Well, some of the website stuff, we share a lot of tasks, obviously. Um, and Indigo and I kind of market together. Is market together even a thing? We, we do the marketing. We take, we take care of the marketing together. We, we do. We do. We promote Paper Rain because we love it. Um, but I've been with Paper Rain probably for about a year and a half now which has gone crazy quickly. But really, Um, how long does your story go back? Oh, so far back. I was actually one of the Paper Rain Projects back when we were called the Paper Rain Project, which is something we'll touch on later. Um, I was one of the first first customers, which is crazy. Way back in 2013, I bought a writable board with a little seedling on it from this company I had and found on Instagram and they were doing some really cool things and I used to ride around on it and take photos and videos and you guys used to post it on your Instagram which is so weird to think about. Um, you were like a little, it felt like you were an influencer in Auckland before influencers existed. Yeah, I, I was one of those people that got on Instagram quite quickly and I had more followers than I probably deserved. <laughs> But anyway, um, I have been following Paper Rain ever since. And then we just finally kind of linked up. In... It was a happy day. We offered you happy... the job on the spot. I was, I was very excited. I had been, like, wanting this for so long just because I love what the Paper Rain is about. What the Paper Rain, what Paper Rain. I'm still transitioning into the new name. It's, Me it's too. Recent... Also, I have the old logo tattooed on my wrist. Well, that's, I have the old logo on that board that is going on my wall. I feel um, like I that's fo- a lot less commitment than a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but I don't think we want to forget the Paper Rain Project. We've just developed the Paper Rain Project. No, to be clear, it's a it's a paintbrush and a chisel. It's not the text. So, Yeah, well, either or, it's, it's a cool piece of our history that we really want to, you know, keep in mind because it still matters. Um. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure about our listeners, but I would really like to know three fun facts about you, Sarah. Three fun facts? I mm. don't think I have one fun fact. 
Um, well, I was one of the Paper Rain Project's first customers. Oh, yeah. True. Um, I, I still have that board and I will be putting it on my wall. I finally got an updated board and to go and Wales um, gifted me one this summer, which I am is sitting directly behind me. I love it with all of my heart, potentially more than my dog, but probably not. It's, it's pretty tied, to be I, fair. I feel like your dog is worth a fun fact of her own. Yeah, I do have a very opinionated border collie called Layla. Um, and I guess the, the third one's probably the most important in that I'm currently, the reason Indigo and I are doing this from different places, if you worked out, um, that we're not next to each other. We are, um, I've just come up to Auckland from Marlborough, which is where I was for the last year, um, to buy a caravan <laughs> to do up and live in because I work remotely. So why not really work remotely? Very cool, except unfortunately you're stuck in lockdown. Yeah, briefly. I mean, look, at this point I'm in my parents' fair bedroom, but hopefully I will be able to buy a caravan very soon. Um, but anyway, we have high hopes. We have dreams. Uh, what about you, Indigo? Give me your your fun facts. I don't know why I didn't see that backfiring. Yeah, you really should have been on that one. Okay. Um... As a side hustle, I'm studying holistic nutrition. I really love food. You really love food. That's our other uh, shared passion. We love so much food all the time. All of our meetings tend to revolve around some form of food and drink. Mm-hmm. It's an important part of yes. our, you know. Absolutely. Our relationship. Um, other fun fact. Uh, well, I have, I have, it's. I have a daughter. Her name is Ada. She's really, really cute. She's a big part of my life. She's a yeah, big she, fan of you. Oh, I, Ada is the light of my life. She, because we're currently Zooming when we meet, and she's I, my biggest fear moving away was that she'd forget me. But she still remembers me and often squeals, which is a happy time. <laughs> makes my day. <laughs> um, other fun fact. I am learning to sew. That's a good one because it is something that I think particularly our interests lie in obviously conscious consumerism, which is a a large part of paper rain. Um, So making our own stuff, mending our own stuff. Yes, we sell products, but like, they're products with good vibes that are made to last. We don't we don't do fast fashion in this house. Mm-mm. Also, not a thing. I've made one t-shirt and then I feel like it took me like three days. I have huge, huge respect for you, for the people that make our t-shirts. It's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard, and they do it so well. Yes, so well, and mm. you'd have to pay me a lot to make a t-shirt. Yeah. I mean, if the thing is, is we put so little, like, as society in general, put so little stock in a T-shirt. But go out there and make one and show me how long it took you and how much skill and how hard it was to find the shape and all of those things. And then add on top of that sourcing the material. And then even that, there's people making that material. We forget all the process. Yeah. It is, it's a big process and one that I think we undervalue. And we're trying to change that. That's what Paper Rain is here for. 
which I guess we should really go into. Who are we? What do we do? Let's kick into it. Well, we're Paper Rain. We're a New Zealand social enterprise. Um, I think people know us most for our art boards, so inspired by skateboards, but largely for hanging on the wall. We do have writables as well. Um, We work with about 30 different artists for the skateboards, but we also produce a line of fair trade organic clothing with artworks printed to support uh, support different social and environmental charities. Mm -hmm. And we we also work with like-minded social enterprises and businesses that want to change the way we think about the things we buy um and they you know we we have a few other brands that we we stock to um but you know the main the main idea is just to make sure that we're all working together for the same aim um so it's not a competition we want to you know we want to do well they want to do well and we want them to do well too because they're doing really good shit absolutely Um, yeah so i guess it's it's amazing to talk about where we are now, but I think the real question I want to know I want to ask is where did it all begin, Indigo? Well, um, in two thousand and nine, I had a boyfriend uh, who <laughs> whose longboard was stolen, uh, and it was he was turning twenty one, and I thought it would be a very special gift to paint him a, a, a longboard deck, so. I was looking to buy longboard decks and I wanted to get something that was sustainable and I found a lovely man in Nelson Market called Chris uh, from Kotahi Longboards who was making uh, boards out of recycled water skis. So I bought one and I painted it and I gave it to my boyfriend and I really enjoyed it. So I bought three more decks from Chris and painted those and sold them and then I bought five and then more and then ten more. Um, And that's kind of how it started. So I was uh, studying fine art um it was pretty much a hobby until wills came on board in 2013 um and we produced our first run of t-shirts and and it was 2015 until we started working with other artists um painting our boards as well i remember those early days as well because i remember the first website (laughs) um when i bought i bought the board um yeah, I, the designs were obviously beautiful, but I didn't. I to this day I hadn't thought that you had designed my little seedling board. I don't know why. It was yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I um, I don't do a huge amount of the art these days. But you do do some. We've got well, did all the tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, you've done all of them at some point. But the ones now we have what tomorrow, Tacoka. Yeah, and the falcon. Oh, and the falcon. That's a goodie. But um, those are all quite old. But good. But beautiful. Um, okay, so we've 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 been around for a wee while, and there's obviously been some changes. When did you when did you think about bringing in t-shirts? Like, what was that moment where you thought, "Hey, this can be more than boards"? Um, still back in two thousand and nineteen, I came up with the name then and I had an idea for the brand so we 2013 no uh, sorry not 19 2009 so like way way at the beginning when I was starting to sell boards I always thought that I would want to t-shirts as well um I traveled around Europe the following year and filled 
a whole notebook with little doodles. And I bought a copy of Computer Arts magazine, which had a feature on starting your own T-shirt brand. Um, And there was a very inspiring article in there by Mike Giant, um, who is an American artist who I got to meet um, in 2017. Um, But that was a huge inspiration. So the idea was there, but I didn't really have the confidence to put the money behind it until... Wills came along and we were like, let's just produce 500 T-shirts, which takes a leap of faith. That's a lot of T-shirts. That's not a toe dip. No. <laughs> <laughs> you once, I remember you once saying to me that you knew what you stood for, but you didn't know anything else. This is absolutely true. So art school dropout and Wills was an arborist who was studying massage therapy. And was he? Had, yeah. That's a skill I did not know he had. Yep. The man can really cook and he's very good at obviously doing the boards and printing the teas, but I did not know about the massage therapy. Just overall quite a catch. Quite, I get, well, I mean, like he's a catch <laughs> for you, but he's, he's obviously as your third wheel. <laughs> <laughs> it's just good to know. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we were running his arborist business and massage business together when we started Paper Rain. So we, we, we just started, um, you know, learning about things like invoicing and GST and such. But essentially, we had no background in what we do and we have learned everything along the way. But I do feel like what we stand for has always been the same. And it's always been really important to us to use natural materials and pay people fairly. And that has carried on throughout the brand, mm-hmm. throughout the years. Yeah, it's it's definitely why I loved the brand to begin with. Like I, I love the handmade vibe, but I also just loved that it was so clear that the Paper Rain Project stood for what I stood for. Um, but, I mean, obviously there's been some trials and tribulations along the way. But at yep. one point, I think potentially when I heard about the Paper Rain Project, it was back when maybe just prior to the Kickstarter. Yeah. So we kind of, we, we were online sort of dribs and drab sales. And then in the summer of 2015 and 16, we opened our first pop-up in Picton and my cousins were over from England and they worked in the shop for us um, or with us. And um, so they were our, our first experience of staff. And then it went really well. So we just <laughs> jumped into opening a shop at the tannery in Christchurch. I just, I don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> also, I visited so, the shop. I think I have photos somewhere from that store because I visited with my then boyfriend because I, I dragged him to the tannery to go to the paper rain shop. So <laughs> that's another little like crossing crossover. Over. Yeah, a little crossover. That was one of my favorite shops, actually. It was beautiful. But it, it was beautiful. Did not, did not have the foot traffic. But so we opened that shop and we were also getting married that year. And then to add everything on top of everything, we also ran a Kickstarter campaign for our recycled wine barrel boards. So that was an intense year. Um, pretty hard having remote staff. So staff, also two of our best friends um, living down in Christchurch. Um having remote staff and then the Kickstarter campaign was initially what we would call a massive success because we 
had 530% funding on the 10K that we were looking for. Um, but it meant that we had enough to buy a CNC router, which meant that we had to redesign the whole product. So we're working with recycled Marlboro wine barrels, um, steam straightening them, jo- joining them together, and then hand cutting out the boards. But we could then use the CNC router and Wills had to redesign the entire way of making boards. Um, and the timelines we had given in Kickstarter were based on how many boards we'd sell for $10,000. but we had 200 boards to make. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's all, the, the thing about our products, and although they are, you know, they're beautiful because there's a lot of work that goes into them. And so it's not just a simple machine process. It's not just that the boards get cut out. There's a ton of work around that. As you said, the seam straightening, but then also the finishing off, which is, I mean, I spent quite a lot of time in the workshop well, a fair amount, probably not as <laughs> not as much as you had to go, but a bit of time in the workshop with Wills. Um, and it's it's not a it's not a quick process. No, no, and he's a perfectionist too, so as he should be. I mean, it's, it's got to be good, right? Absolutely. Mm. Um, with I mean, ultimately, you got the boards out. We did. It, you did, and then. Where did you go from there? Because it, it almost would have changed your trajectory a little bit, kind of getting over five times what you expected. Yeah, well, we also moved into a new workshop. Um, so we're still, we've always been based on the cherry farm, which Wills' parents owned. Own. Um, but we moved from a smaller workshop to a bigger workshop. So it meant that we could do a lot more. But around maybe the year later, we found a local wood um, producer, Paul Millen. He is an incredible guy who has a small sustainable woodlot. Um, he grows a lot of macrocarpa and eucalyptus. Um, we will have to interview him, actually. He's fascinating. He's, he's amazing. Well, I've only seen video footage of the man because I was away when we filmed him, but I'm very excited. It's about, is it about 50K from the workshop? I the think it's, it's close to about 35. It's pretty close. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's close to the source, how we like it. So we started making boards from locally grown macrocarpa and blackwood um, and less so of the recycled wine barrel. It was a very difficult material to work with. Um, we continued having the pop-ups in Picton every summer until this summer, which is the first summer we haven't had one in a long time. Um and we started doing pop-ups at Ponsonby Central in Auckland and we did one in Wellington as well. But these were not necessarily smart choices. And why were they not smart choices? <laughs> Just we, we, our experience of selling fair trade and handmade goods is that the markup that we have to run the business is mm-hmm. considerably less than companies that don't um, choose to go fair trade Um, and the overheads of staff who we pay living wage and the um, the rents shops in cities it was just very very hard for us to even break even even though we felt like we were selling a reasonable amount um, the cost just you know it just ended up like oh well that was good for marketing uh, over and over again (laughs) it's hard to justify like the two three a.m finishes though when at the end of the day, you're not getting, you're not seeing the financial results. Mm, I mean, we, 
we definitely had four years or so where we just worked and worked and worked and sacrificed all else for it. I mean, Ponsby yeah. Central, you get the keys at around, well, after the last shop has packed down after closing at around four or five on a Sunday. So you might get the keys around 7 p.m. on a Sunday and you are open by 9 a.m. on the Monday. And Wills and I love fitting out shops, but we don't take it lightly. So you would turn up on Monday morning and it would look like that shop had been there permanently. <laughs> And we had had, you know, two hours sleep and then you work for two weeks straight every day. Um, I mean, we met some amazing people in that shop, but we were knackered. We got very burnt out. Yeah, you can kind of, it, it, it must be hard to kind of have the energy to come up with new ideas when you're in that state. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've definitely both had our fair share of physical and mental health issues over the years, but I feel like that has that's changing now hmm. work is not the be all and end all you've learned some some lessons on balance and i Absolutely. guess our favorite little friend has a lot to do with that yes yeah yep i had to chill out in order to make a baby um but i also feel like having stepped back from the business a little bit for a while um you know we've come back in and there's more time to work on it um we've scaled it back we don't have full-time staff. We're now just online and we feel really enthused and really inspired and ready to bring in some new products and engage in the audience in a new way, which we haven't been in the right headspace to do before. So it's pretty exciting. And I guess that kind of brings us to, to why we've kind of, you may have seen some differences recently. We've, we've shortened our names slightly and, and made some, some visual changes. It's always, I mean, it's it's kind of a new era. It's kind of Paper Rain 2.0. It feels like it. We got a little bit out of touch for a while and it didn't quite feel cohesive with, with it didn't feel true to us anymore. Um, I think we just got into, you know, a bit of a stressed out headspace and needed some space from it. Um, and then we came back in and we were like, look, it, it may take a year, but we want to we want to really refine our aesthetic and make it clearer why we're doing what we're doing. Um, engage more in the in the why and the passion behind it, and change the aesthetic a wee bit. And I think that is we just needed an update. I mean, we started this business in our early twenties, and it it needed to to grow with us, you know. Yeah, it's really hard to kind of consciously bring an audience along that growth pattern as well. And and I think that for all that it's it's sad it's not sad to see the paper and project kind of develop or change. We're not losing anything, but I think it is like it brings us so much joy now. We look at the website and we're like, Oh my god, the colours. Because like, for instance, we, we went back and forth. I feel like the new branding happened really quickly because it just felt right. Yeah, yeah. But even, like, the colours, like, Will's found on a piece of art that we loved by Chimp, there was this orange tone, and we're like, that really speaks to us. And then the blue that we're using, that's from a photo I took in the Marlborough Sounds, and it's that Marlborough sound, beautiful blue that's so deep. And it's just, like, it just feels kind of like home. So that's even, like, all those little bits, they're starting to really represent us as a group of humans as well. Yeah, and it's, it is nice to engage in colour. We've been a, a black and white branded business for as long as it's existed. 
it's it, yeah it is it's changed so much and I just I'm so excited I think we're all just so energized at the moment because it just means the the more energized we are the more stuff we sell because people are excited but then the more good we're doing which is the important part right absolutely I'm saying absolutely a lot um <laughs> we agree you're just, you're just so right Sarah <laughs> I'm just so right all the time <laughs> No, it's just, I'm not. I really, I really feel like our audience over the years has collected partly because they love the art on the boards and it's something unique. But I really feel like the business is collecting a real core audience of people who really care about the way they live and think about what they buy and stand by all the same values as us. And it's, I mean. It's a privileged space being able to choose what we buy and I'd love to delve more into that, into podcasts in the future, mm. um, especially with, you know, buying secondhand and repairing and um, just aiming for natural products and such. So we need to be aware of that. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it definitely, and I think obviously we have to kind of think about the privilege it is to make conscious choices with new items, but there's there's always... And I guess there's this privilege in being able to take the time to think about it as well. And that's something that I think we should acknowledge. We, we don't, yeah. we're not here to lecture and we're not here to say you should be doing it this way. We're offering a choice for the people who feel empowered to make that choice. And it's important to us. And we know that we can make the choice. Um, but at no point is this meant to be, you know, the paper rain project and paper rain 2.0, I guess, is, is not better than, than, you know, anyone else or we, we really want to be that open conversation for people um, to when when it's an option to really start thinking about where products come from and where they're going the whole life cycle that's really important to us um, but again you know we recognize that life is hard and there's no such thing as perfection no um, and there's so so much information and so much pressure and mm-hmm. life is also really expensive these days so so expensive and we're in a pandemic and you have a billion things in your mind that are more you know in in a lot of respects more prevalent than you know a fair trade product yeah and Um, I mean let's be honest there there are enough things in the world and this podcast is not not actually about advertising things it's about engaging in the conversation of conscious living and just thinking about why things exist how they exist and also we can engage with the charities, we can engage with the artists, you can share things on social media, you can be involved in this stuff without spending a penny. Yeah, we just we just want to talk and, and get amongst it and, and involve more people. And, and, you know, I think the more paper rain grows, the more we're creating that community of, of like-minded people and, and educating ourselves, most importantly. Like, I, I don't think we, we plan to educate anyone really. It's, it's more that, you know, people come along for the ride and we're really just trying to learn more ourselves as well. Yeah, yeah when, when we're interviewing people, I feel like I feel like everyone has something to bring to the table and um, this is just a place to share it. Yeah, it's cool. I, I'm really excited to see, well, I'm excited to be able to talk to all the cool people we get to talk to. Um, Me too. We, yeah, we get to, we get to um, work with a whole bunch and, and it's really nice to be able to, invite them along and, and you know, dig into to all their fancy thoughts and, and the things that they're doing to 
that we love. So, yeah, super excited to see where the podcast goes. It's, it's an open-ended book at this stage. It is, but we have our first special guest lined up, so I'm very excited to interview her. We do. I'm, I'm wildly excited. I've actually seen her do her thing. I don't know how, how much we're going to drop, but I've seen her do her thing. Um, and I've never been a, I've never had a conversation with her. So Indigo uh, knows her. So um, she's a lovely, lovely person. I've been all over her Instagram lately. Um, big fan. Hard crushing on her. So I hope you yeah. love hearing from her too. I I will, and I'll be there. So amazing. All right. Well, is this is this podcast one? Is this a wrap? We, is this a wrap? I don't know. We. we still working out how to do this um but to anyone who is listening to this thank you so much we're we're really excited you made it to the end you made it to the end and we love you for it Um, thank you thank you very much